Hey guys, thanks for joining us today. One of the things that energizes our teams the most is being able to hear stories of lives that are impacted by this ministry. We would love for you to share your story with us by emailing it to stories at newcommunity.co or maybe your next step to getting connected to what God is doing in this ministry is partnering with us financially. You can do that online at www.newcommunity.co or through the PushPay app and find the giving option that works best for you. Thanks so much for tuning in and enjoy today's message. Well, good morning, NCC. How are y'all doing today? Woo, y'all looking good this morning. Hey, my name is Spencer, and I'm the Family Life Pastor here at New Community Church, and we're just so glad that you're joining us for week two of our series, Who Are You? And this whole series is about knowing who we are created to be and what God wants to do through us. And so last week, Pastor Aaron kicked off the series. It's starting in the book of Genesis. If you don't know, we're going through a year-long campaign called Made for More, where we're just going to go straight through the entire Bible. And so uh, last week, Pastor Aaron talked about creation, which is the beginning of the Bible. And let me just say, if you did not hear the message, if you weren't here, you can always go back and listen to it online or watch it through our uh, NCC app. So go check that out. You can share it with people. But last week, we talked about uh, creation, how God created everything. And Pastor Aaron challenged us to, to grasp and grab a hold of our imagination and imagine what God did when he created the earth and how each and every one of us were created. We were created unique as human beings, created for a relationship with God and wired to know him and to love him. And so uh, we talked about that and, and what we're called to do through that. And so this week we're going to continue and we're going to look at Genesis chapter number six. So if you have your Bible, you can flip there if you want to use your NCC app. Uh, we'll, we'll be in Genesis chapter 6. You can grab that page and hold it. Or if you don't have a Bible, uh, you can grab one from the seat underneath you, and that's our gift to you. We believe in the power of the Word of God, and that should it, it should shape our life. And so you can open that up to page 3, and that's where we're going to be. Um, but if you don't know much about the Bible, or maybe you're just kind of getting started with us, uh, I can give you a little bit of background on what's happening, but I can only give you two pages of background because we're only on the third page of the Bible. So um, basically, we know God created the heavens, the earth, the sky, the birds, the bees, all of those things. And then he created Adam and Eve, the first humans. And he created them and placed them in a place called the Garden of Eden where they were meant to be in a relationship with God and take care of the animals and do all these things. And one day they're walking about and they get tempted they sin against God, and God sends them out of the Garden of Eden, the place he had created for them, and they go and begin to multiply and populate the earth. And then in the next couple chapters, you just hear a couple different family trees or the lineage of Adam and Eve, and it stops in chapter 6 with Noah. Now, if you've read that, or even if you're skimming your Bible right now and you look around, you could see that there's a couple people that live to be really, really old in those chapters, 900 years old and all these kind of things. A little bit crazy to us nowadays, but that was actually normal back then. We can't explain it. We don't know how. We don't know why, but that's how it was. So we're all just going to say, okay, that's what it was. And we'll even see it a little bit in the story of Noah this morning, which is who we're going to be talking about. And if you've been reading with us on the NCC Bible reading plan, then you've already read the story. You're ahead and you know a little bit about what's going on. And so that's where we're going to be. And we're going to pick up in Genesis chapter number six, starting in verse five, if you want to follow along with me. It says this, the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intention of the thought of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord regretted that he had made man on earth, and it grieved him to his heart. So the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land, man 
and animals and creeping things and birds of the heavens, for I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his generation. Noah walked with God. Now, a little summary there. We just see that God's looking on the earth and every single person, they're evil. They're doing bad things. They're doing things that God did not create them for. And then he sees Noah living righteous, found favor in his eyes. And man, that'll preach right there, right? That we don't have to reflect the world that we live in, but reflect the one that lives inside of us, right? And so we're supposed to be called to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, like it says in Romans, not conforming to the world. And that's what we see Noah doing. And I get excited because, man, we can do that every day in our own life. No matter what it's like outside these doors, no matter what's happening in the politics and the voting and all these things, no matter who our next president, no matter what's happening with the violence and these things, we know we can stand firm and be right standing with God. Oh, come on. We're only in the first verse. Man, that's crazy. Um, So we're going to keep going. In verse 11, God saw the earth was corrupt, filled with violence, and he told Noah in verse 13, he said, I have determined to make an end of all flesh. For the earth is filled with violence through them. Behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Man, that's like crazy apocalypse stuff. So this is what God says. Hey, because I'm going to destroy the earth, I need you, Noah, to build a boat. Like, wait, hold on. God, like, I must have misheard you. You said bunker? You said, like, bazooka? Like, what are you doing? Like, not boat, right? Rocket ship to go up to the moon? Whatever it is, you're destroying the world. You want me to make a boat? Kind of confusing in my mind because I think... If, you know, I was told to build a boat, maybe it would be the length of a car. I don't even know if it'd be as wide, you know, like canoe, kayak style, maybe just a couple floating pieces of wood. But, but God is saying, hey, Noah, like I've got something crazy. Noah had no idea what kind of task was ahead of him. But in verse 15, we can look and see exactly the kind of boat that God begins to talk about. And, and you won't understand the conversion chart just yet. We'll explain it, though. It says, um, Noah, I need you to build this boat and make the length 300 cubits, the breadth 50 cubits, and the height, 30 cubits. I need you to put a roof on it. It needs to be three stories high, three levels, three decks. Like, that's not a boat, God. That's a mansion. Like, what are you doing? So here's the breakdown. The the ark was as tall as a modern three-story building. Talking about 45 feet tall, right? Pretty crazy. Um, The width of it, it was as long as three space shuttles, tail to nose. That's about 450 feet long, almost 75 feet wide. That's big. And then the capacity was that of 500 semi-trucks, cargo space equivalent to 500 semi-trucks. Now, that's about over 100,000 square feet of cargo space. We're talking huge. Some of you think you had a big house. Yeah, right. Noah's got the biggest motorhome or boater home, if you will, for, for this one. Like, he's living large, about to build this massive boat. And so God told Noah, dude, I've got a plan for you. It's to build a boat. I'm going to destroy everything. i got a plan. But that wasn't just this little small plan. He said, hey, I've got a big plan, way bigger than you can think, way bigger than you can imagine. And that's what God wants us to know also, that, that he's got a plan, and it's bigger than you. God's plan is bigger than you, and we all need to know that, that we've got a plan, that God's got it for our lives. But it's not this minuscule thing of, hey, I just need you to do this little bitty thing. God's saying, hey, I want to go big. He's a God of the impossible. He's a God that can do all things. And he's saying, hey, trust in me. Isaiah 55 says, my thoughts are higher than yours. My ways are higher. He's saying, I'm way more creative. I'm way more magnificent. Everything I do is way grander than what you can even think. But I've got a plan for you. Isn't that crazy that that he's saying, hey, Noah, I've got something, but I made you for that purpose, and it's for you specific. And he says it for each and every one of us. 
You can point to yourself. You can insert your name in this blank. Blank, I've got a plan for you. And it's bigger than you. And so Noah probably had no idea that he would ever be, uh, you know, expecting to do this. Whenever his parents asked him, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? Oh, I want to build the biggest boat anybody's ever seen. Probably not his idea. But what his idea was is, hey, I'm going to be a godly man. And that means God's going to speak to me and I'm going to obey. I'm going to listen. And so Noah was saying, hey, I'm on board. Let's do this thing. Uh, you've got a plan. I'm going to go with it. And many of us, we tend to like hear stories like this or stories from the Bible and go, well, that was Noah. He was special. And let me just tell you, Noah was, was average Joe. He had a job just like any one of us. He woke up and put his shoes on the same way. I mean, he wasn't superhuman. He didn't have superpowers. What he did is he had a relationship with God. God spoke to him. He listened. He had that, that relationship with him that he knew who he trusted and who he was. And, and many of us, we feel like we get in, in situations like this and God calls us to something. We go, man, God, I'm just not qualified. You can use somebody else. Man, you don't know like how much I've messed up. You don't know how, how bad it's been when I've been raising my kids. You know, they've seen me do some bad stuff. So you probably want to use a better parent. You probably want to use a better worker. And God's saying, hey, do not disqualify yourself. I have called you. I will prepare you. I will equip you. I will do whatever you need to do. My plan is bigger than your. My ways are better than your ways. Trust in me. I got you. And that's what, what God is telling Noah here. And, and, and Noah begins to say, okay, your plan is bigger. I've got it. And, and I'm assuming Noah realized that, that with God, he could do far more. Because I know in my life, it's been that way. There's been times where I felt like I was supposed to do something, especially as a pastor. You, you get called on sometimes and you're going, are you sure you want me to do that? Like, like, I struggle just like everybody else, right? And do you know, like, I yelled at somebody the other day, and I, you know, like, whatever. And God said, hey, I want to use you. All you got to do is be available. All you got to do is be available. And in those times when I've been like, man, God, I don't feel very good. I feel like trash. I feel like garbage. And he says, hey, just speak to somebody. And you do that, and you trust in him, and you're faithful. And that person's like, dude, that was exactly what I needed. Thank you. Thank you for being faithful and obedient. And at the same time, you're just going, it's just me. And that's what Noah's doing. He's saying, okay, God, I'm, I'm a nobody, but with you, I'm somebody. I can do anything. And this is the kind of church we want to be. We want to be a church that's faithful to God because God is faithful to us. And so we want to say, okay, God, we're ready. Call us and we'll go. Tell us what to do and we're going to be faithful to whatever that is. But to be this kind of church, we've got we've to learn something. We've got to learn to be able to go bigger, Right? And, and this is difficult because lots of our minds, like we just read, they're not like God's mind. So if I say, you know, hey, dream bigger, what can you do? Some of you be like, well, I drive a car, so I'll go buy a truck. Like, yes, bigger, right? We live in Texas. Bigger's better. Um, you know, I, I usually eat small for lunch. So one Big Mac? Heck no, I'm going big. Two Big Macs. I'm going bigger. Uh, our house is only 2,500 square feet, so we need 3,500 square feet, right? No, we're, we're not talking about that kind of bigger. We're talking about hearing from God and saying, okay, God, what is your bigger for my life? What is that plan that you've called me to? What is, what is it that I'm not even thinking about that my brain can't even imagine that you're saying, this is why I made you. This is why I created you. We want to hear from God and we want to begin to follow his voice. If you look in uh, verse 13 in the same chapter 6 that we're in, I want you to underline in your Bible or highlight whatever you've got going on. The first five words of verse 13, it says, and God said to Noah, what does that mean? means God was speaking to him, right? And the cool thing is God wants to speak to every single one of us. But to do that, we have to have a relationship with him. Now, uh, 
So uh, some of you may know I'm engaged, me and my fiance getting married in a month. Yeah, woo, we can, I'm excited. Um, and we've been doing premarital counseling. I don't know if anybody ever did that. Greatest thing ever. It's so much fun and really embarrassing. Um, so we've been doing this thing and every single time we meet, it always happens that when we talk about relationship and the married people can help me out here, something that's very important about a relationship, it's called communication. <laughs> Amen, right? Um, and so there's these many times where it's going, hey, like if you guys can't learn to communicate in certain areas, you're going to struggle. You're not going to be able to hear what the other person needs, you know? What do you want for dinner? Uh, I don't want to talk about it. Well, I don't like that. Why are you cooking that? All these different things, right? How, do you, how many kids do you want to have? When do you want to have kids? All these different things where you've got to communicate, and if you don't, that relationship suffers, right? It's just like that in any kind of relationship. No matter who you are, no matter uh, what, what country you're in, without communication, you can't have a relationship. And this is what God's saying, hey, I want to tell you what this huge plan is for your life. I want you to know that it's bigger than you, but to know that, you have to be able to hear me. And to hear me, you gotta talk to me. You gotta be available, you gotta listen. And God's saying, hey, are, are you listening to me? Are you communicating with me? Are you too busy for me? Because I can't tell you about what I want you to do if you're not even listening to me. And so maybe for some of us, that's figuring out how do we listen. Some of us don't even make time for God. And the easiest step that you could do and you could leave today and be like, hey, my life is going to change because every day I'm going to make time for God. It could be in the morning. It could be in the uh, afternoon. It could be your lunch break or evening. You just go, okay, God, I'm ready to hear from you. Talk. I'm ready. I'm listening. Right? Making time for God is one way that we can do that, that we need to be able to hear from him. I'm assuming Noah did that. Noah probably wasn't just walking along and all of a sudden God was like, hey, build a boat. And he's like, oh, gosh, what was that? No, he had that relationship that he's continually cultivating and continually growing. And so he was able to hear from God. And as we hear from God, we've got to figure out ways to be able to make it practical for our lives. Noah probably didn't hear one time, hey, 300 cubits long and 75 feet wide and blah, blah, blah. And he just remembered it. I'm assuming that he was writing these things down. He's going, okay, God, what did you say? Okay, I'm going to do that exactly how you want me to do it. 300 wide, yep, and you want me to do 75 across. You want me to use gopher wood, okay. Don't use gophers, nope, just go for wood. You know, that's a different kind of boat. Um, but, but he was probably taking notes as God was speaking to him, so he knew what God had called him to. And that's something that we've talked about as a church before, and part of next steps and growing in, in our relationship with God is being able to journal, being able to write things down as God speaks to us, because, man, our memories will fail us. Some of you I could ask right now, what'd you eat for dinner? And you say, uh, I ate dinner, maybe? Um, you know, and we just have trouble remembering things, and God's going, hey, I'm placing dreams in your heart. I'm placing visions in your life. I want you to hear these things. I want you to know them. And I want you to remember them. Write them down. It doesn't have to be weird. It doesn't have to be like a diary and you write stuff. Like, nothing like that. You just need to write it, whether it's in your phone or you've got a special notebook that's like words from God that you can go back to and go, okay, God, you called me to this, so you're going to get me through it. Come on, I'm believing for you. You said you're going to be faithful to us, and you can do that. Another way, you can, you can start sharing it with people. We talk about relationships so often here, but... But if you're involved in a small group, you can talk to your group. You can say, hey, man, God, this week he challenged me to be a better dad. Like, how that's going to happen is God saying, like, hey, you need to spend time in the Word. You need to spend time showing your kids what it's like to do this. And, and when you begin to share those things, people will hold you accountable, right? And they go, hey, how was that thing that you are working on? God, you know, he was talking to you. Or maybe some of you, it's kind of like the thing with your kids. You tell your kids one time, hey, we're gonna, I'll take you to the fair. They will never forget until they get to go, right? You said I can get cotton candy and a turkey leg and a corn dog, and then we get to ride the Ferris wheel, and we get to, and it's like they will not forget until you do it. And so maybe it's part of that conversation. I'm assuming Noah had that conversation with his, his family. Hey, guys, family meeting, come here. God said he's going to destroy the world, and we're going to build a boat. And there's like, uh, 
okay, Dad, let's see what are you smoking there? Uh, no, but, but they had to have some kind of conversation, and, and, and he had to talk about it. And then I'm assuming every time they, they talked about it that he would get encouraged and he would get spurred on about what God was calling him to. And that's the same thing for us. We've got to continually grow that, and we've got to continue, continually listen to God and begin to, to activate what that is inside of us and begin to work towards it. And so what is that, what is that in your life? What are you working towards? Has God spoken something to you? Has he given you dreams? Has he given you visions? And maybe you're thinking too small still, and he's saying, hey, I, I'm still calling you to something, and I, I need you to get through it. But maybe it's something, maybe it's easy. Maybe it's saying, hey, I'm calling you to pray. Okay, cool, God, I'll pray. I'll pray in my room. And he's saying, hey, no, you're going to go pray. Walk around your office building, you're going to pray. Students, you're going to go and start a Bible study and pray, right? Maybe he's saying, uh, you're going to win your company for Christ. Not just one person, you're going to win your whole company. Maybe you've got uh, this, this plan, this dream from God that you're going to have kids. And the doctor said, sorry. And you're going, God, what the heck? And he's going, you're going to adopt. You're going to dream bigger. You're not going to be scared of something you don't know about. Maybe it's in your finances. Hey, you're going to trust me with your finances. You're going to tithe. And you're going, I barely have stuff to get paycheck to paycheck. He said, hey, bigger than you. It's bigger than you. Trust in me and I will be faithful to you. Trust me. And we see this trust in, in Noah's life. Continually, he says, hey, God, I'll do what I can do, and I'm going to trust you for the rest. I'm going to do what only I can do, and then it's up to you. I'm going to be faithful no matter what it is, no matter what it looks like. I'm going to do it. But we don't have to be worried about failure. We don't have to be worried about our insecurities. We don't have to worry about, I've never done this, or I have done so many bad things. I can't be used. God saying, hey, if I'm calling you to it, I will get you through it. I will equip you. I will not leave you hanging. I will never put you in a situation that you can't handle. You will have strength through me. You can do all things in Christ who gives you strength. So God tells Noah, hey, I'm going to destroy the earth. I'm going I'm to bring a flood. I'm going to do all these things. And what does he do? He begins to build. He begins to put that wood together. He begins to, to import whatever he's got to import. And he begins hammer and nail day and night, day and night, day and night, discipline, working over and over. And I can imagine... Noah living in this desert land that he lives in, in a place that has never rained before. If you read in Genesis, uh, at that time, the earth was watered through uh, springs in the ground. And so Noah doesn't even know what rain looks like, feels like. And God says, there's going to be a flood. Imagine the people laughing at him, scoffing. What are you doing, man? You're building a boat in the desert. Look at this idiot, right? And they're just laughing at him. And the whole time he said, hey, I'm going to be faithful. God called me. I'm going to be faithful. God has called me. And that's that's where we see in Hebrews uh, chapter 11, faith, the substance of things hoped for, right? The substance of things hoped for and the assurance of things that are not seen. Noah had faith in God, even though he couldn't see the floods coming, even though there wasn't a weather forecaster, there wasn't uh, somebody, you know, saying, hey, it looks like kind of dark shadows over there. Noah was building this boat for 100 years. 100 years he worked on a boat. Man, if we had discipline like that for a week, some of us started that NCC Bible reading plan last week, and we already stopped, right? We're like, eh, I got to two days in, and I'm done, so I guess I'll start over next year. No, like we need discipline like Noah had to say, hey, it doesn't matter how old I am. It doesn't matter how young I am. It doesn't matter where I've been, what I've done. God, I'm going to be faithful. I don't know how many of you guys uh, do New Year's resolutions. Anybody? Is it just me? Am I the only weirdo, right? Um, uh, I did a, a search on statistics this week, and I, I found out, only 8% of people who make New Year's resolutions actually finish them to completion. 8%. So many of us, we set these goals and we go, hey, this is what I want to be like. 
yet it's not worth the time and the effort. Or maybe uh, we get bored, we get lazy, we get sore. You know, so many people trying to work out at the beginning of the year and doing those things, and it's just like, well, I tried, but, you know, I got busy. The kids had to go to soccer practice, and I got a new job, and uh, then I got to be here, and I got to cook dinner, and I got to do all these things, right? And God's saying, hey, just be faithful. Stick through it. Push through. No matter what it takes, you can do it. And that's why Noah's talked about in Hebrews chapter 11, one of the heroes of our faith, that he's shown to be righteous, he's shown to be faithful, he's shown to be obedient. And so Noah had to build this boat with no rain, no lake, no ocean, faithful. And God says, okay, Noah, are you ready? You've been building for 100 years. You're 500 years old right now. Crazy, right? Like Nike would have loved this guy. He's like, just do it. And he's like 500 years old, like building a boat. 500 years old, and, Noah, and God tells Noah, all right, it's time. Put your family in the boat. Get your wife, get your kids, get their wives, and then get two of every kind of animal. It's time to go. The flood's coming. So Noah loads up everybody. He loads up everything, and then the rains begin to come. Can't imagine what that's like if he'd never experienced rain and just kind of seen stuff fall from the sky and the raindrops, and it had to have been incredible. And, and then for 40 days and 40 nights, flood rains came. 40 days and 40 nights they came. And then it says the water was on the earth for 150 days. That's like from now until March, just rain. And Noah and his family, they're on the boat. You can imagine this huge ship just rocking. You can imagine the smell of all the animals. You can imagine the seasickness. You don't have nausea pills or anything like that. And you're just, man, you're tired of your family, 150 days on this kind of small, huge boat, and, uh, and like you're getting tired of everybody, you're trying to find a spot, but like the camels are over there, and the donkeys are over, you're like, you gotta find a place to get away, and so 150 days, and finally the waters begin to go down, and God speaks, and he says, Noah, it's time, it's time to come out, and so Noah obeys God, and he, he opens the door, and you can't imagine what that moment's like. You live on the earth for so many years, and then you you look out and everything has been destroyed by a flood. And then you realize, wow, God saved me. God saved me. And so Noah, right then, he, he gets down and he begins to make an altar and he, he makes an offering for God. He sacrifices some animals and it says that God begins to smell this aroma and that it was a pleasing aroma to him, that God was pleased once again with Noah's faithfulness, his obedience and then we see in um, I believe Genesis 9, 11, Noah gets out, he gives him the offering, and God speaks to, no, uh, to Noah. In Genesis 9, 11, it says, Behold, Noah, this is God talking, Behold, I establish my covenant with you and all future generations to come. Never again will I destroy the earth with a flood. That's God's covenant to Noah, but it's not just a covenant to Noah, because the greatest part of that is it says, for you and for all future generations. That means for every one of you in this room, because of Noah's obedience and his faithfulness, you were saved. God was saying, hey, my plan is not just you and your family. My plan is so much bigger than you. Be faithful, be obedient. Even though you may not be able to see it yet, be faithful because I'm calling you to do something crazy. I'm calling you to do something that can change the world. And so they get off the boat and they begin to do some things, and, and God says, look, this is what I've created you for, and, and I'm assuming Noah didn't know that, you know, thousands of years ago that he would have saved every one of us by being faithful and being obedient. 
I'm assuming he didn't know every, every kind of thing that would happen because of his faithfulness. But, but what we know is that Noah had a plan from God. He heard it. It was way bigger than him. And what he was is he was obedient. And he knew that that assignment was for him. That assignment wasn't for his brother, his sister. Is what God spoke to him and said, hey, Noah, this is for you. I have made you for a purpose. And guess what? It's up to you. And we all need to know that right there, that God's plan depends on you. God's plan depends on you. He wants to do something in you. He wants to do something through you. He wants to change people's lives because of you, because of your faithfulness, because you're obedient to God as you hear him. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to give you a hope and a future to prosper you, right? You may not know every single plan that God has for you right now, but let me tell you, God has it, and he's going to protect you. In 1 Corinthians, it talks about God is not a God of confusion, right? He's going to lead you along the right path is what it says in Psalms. That he's going he's to take care of you. You've just got to be obedient. That his plan depends on you. Noah had no idea that that, that plan uh, to build the ark, to save his family, and to do all these kind of things, that, that that was unique necessarily. He just knew God had spoken it to him. God said, hey, your plan, build a massive boat. Save your family. Save all the animals. And then Genesis uh, I believe it's, it's nine, uh, 9 1 or something like that. He says, hey, Noah, be fruitful and multiply. All the married people said, amen, right? Pastor Aaron and Sarah like, took that idea and ran with it. Um, but, but be fruitful and multiply. Go, go replenish the earth. God had this plan for salvation for all of us because of what he spoke to Noah. But it was up to Noah. And in the same way, he's got a plan for every single one of you. But that plan, it depends on you. It's unique to you. God created you specifically with a purpose. He put you in a family. He put you in a place. He's got you specifically made and created the way that you are for his plans. Some of you don't realize that mesquite depends on you. Some of you don't realize that your family is depending on you. Those of you that have kids, the only way they're going to know Christ is if you Show them that you wake up in the mornings and you show them what it's like to read the Bible, to pray. You show them what it's like not just to have a relationship with God on Sunday mornings, but Monday through Saturday too. God's plan for you, man, it's way bigger than you. And people are depending on you. Maybe today your waitress at wherever you go out to eat after this, they're, they're depending on you. Man, maybe they need somebody to show them love and encouragement and you just say, hey, can, is there anything I can pray over you about? Your neighbors, their marriage could depend on you. Hey, you want to join our small group? Come on. And they just needed somebody to share stuff with. They needed that open communication. God's plan is way bigger than you, and it depends on you. But it cannot be accomplished without a relationship with him. And this morning, we're going to figure out what that looks like and how to do that. And I believe there's three different types of people in the room this morning. There's people that do not know God. They have no relationship with him. And that's their step today. There's people in the room that say, hey, I have a relationship with God but man, I, I'm not listening, and I'm busy, and I, 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 maybe I got off track, and God's tried to speak, and I've just gotten kind of carried away with life. And there's people in here that say, hey, I'm, I'm trying to live like, like Noah. I'm being faithful. I'm being obedient. But God wants to do something with you too. He wants you to bring hope for people that need it. He wants you to bring people along with you and show them what it's like to live that faithful, obedient life, to encourage people, to lead others. And so this morning, I, I want to ask if you would all bow your heads and close your eyes because I want to talk to that first group of people that maybe you're in the room today and you would say, hey, this, this relationship, this communication, it sounds great, and, and this God that made me and made me for a relationship with him sounds cool, but, but what does that mean? We've just got to know that, that there's a God. He created us, and, 
And whenever everything was messed up, he said, hey, I'm not just going to kill you like, like I'm not going to destroy the earth with a flood. I'm not going to do this. I'm going to send my son Jesus to die for you. No matter what you've done, no matter how far you've gone, no matter how many lines you've crossed, I'm still here for you and I want to save you. I want to be your savior. I want to wipe away all the sin. I want to wipe clean your slate. And he's saying, I want to have a relationship with you. I want it to be personal. I know you. I've created you for a purpose. Now come home to me. And if that's you this morning, you say, I don't know God, but I want that relationship and I want to start it today. And God's speaking to you right now. I just want you to take a a step of faith, and I want you to stand up where you are, and I want, to, I want to pray for you. I want you to come up to the front. If that's you this morning, you say, I want to begin my relationship with God. I'll give you one more second if God's, God's calling you and saying, hey, I want to be your Savior. I want to be your hope. All right, if there's nobody in the room in that situation, you can look up at me. The other two groups of people in the room, there's still something for you. God wants to do something for you today also. And for some of us, it's gonna be more challenging than ever before because it means sacrifice on our end. And, and what we're gonna do this morning is the band's gonna begin to play. And I want you to grab one of the sermon notes cards or if you're taking notes on your phone, you can put everything else down, but this is an all-skate. Everybody gets to participate. Grab your phone, grab something, and write with, because what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to talk, and we're going to listen to God for a second. And this may be weird, but, but this is, should be normal. For anybody that would say, hey, God's my Savior. He's my Lord. I've got a relationship with Him. This should be a normal thing to talk to Him and to listen. And so we want to start putting that into action right now. We want to begin to hear God, and so I'm going to give us uh, 60, 90 seconds maybe, and, and what I want you to do is I want you to ask God two things, two things. The first one, what's your plan for me? What's your plan for me? Pretty simple, pretty vague, but whether that's something, God, that you want to do through me today, maybe it's something you want to work in me in the next six weeks, maybe it's something that I've got to work the next 600 years for, it doesn't matter. God, what's your plan for me? I know sometimes I think too small and you think way, way bigger than me. What's that plan? The second question is who depends on me? I believe there's people in this room right now that God's going to begin to put pictures of people's faces, names in your mind that they're going, hey, this person is relying on you. This person needs the love of Christ. This somebody needs you to be a friend. This somebody needs somebody to call them out. Tell them that they're living crazy. Tell them that there's a God for them. They've got a purpose and they've got a plan that God created them for more, that you were made for more. And so that's what we're gonna do. And the band's gonna play. And, and all I want you to do is just listen to God. And as he speaks to you, I'm believing that he's speaking to each and every one of us today. You're gonna write down, God, what's that plan for my life? Whether it's small, whether it's big, whether it's long-term or short-term. And God, who's depending on me? Who have you put in my life that I can make a difference in? So let's begin to ask God right now. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for, for speaking to us today. Lord, we thank you for making us with a purpose, that you've created each and every one of us with a plan. Lord, you've, you've made us unique and you've made us for a purpose. And we just right now, Lord, we open up our arms, we open up our hearts, we open up our ears to hear from you. God, I pray you would speak to every individual in this room right now. God, whether it's a plan to, to change their family, to change their, their personal life, their personal growth with you. 
Lord, whether it's something in their school, whether it's something in their work, Lord, that you begin to speak to them, show them how you're calling them to something greater, that you wanna do something huge through them and it's up to them. Show them that it depends on them and that people are expecting and, and waiting for them to do something great. Lord, that you would call us, that you would uh, get us all excited and pumped up about living for you, that you would help us to accept that call. You'd help us to be faithful and obedient, just like we saw in Noah's life. Lord, no matter what, no matter what it is that you call us to, no matter what the obstacle, no matter what comes in our way, Lord, that we would stand firm for you, that we would live for you, that we would love others for you, that we would share the love, that we'd realize that we're made for more. Lord, help us to know who we are. Lord, help us to live for you and for your purpose. We love you and we thank you. Amen.